Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bijou Podcasts. I, I needed to point that out, that she did have the file and didn't look at it. Because if she looked at it, she would have realised we didn't conceive naturally. And her argument was that our dates could be out. I knew our dates weren't out because we had a fucking IUI. Welcome to another episode of Couple Goals. Hey, I'm Stacey. Hello, I'm Ben Jenkins. And we are a couple that is sharing stories about our life, our relationship in particular, about our fertility journey. And I think we're both a bit on edge and we've also put this episode off for a long time because today we're talking about miscarriage. So we might as well just put it out there because it's just such a complex thing to articulate a lot of the time that it'll be about how closer you're talking to the microphone or how you left something in the microwave overnight or, you know, just some dumb shit like that that I'm sure you can all relate to. Well, I think that's the thing. Like you, you start to learn through these processes and being so close with each other and uh, going through all this stuff and analysing it like we do um, to learn from it um, that you realise that when you do have little niggles and, and, and things um, come up that um, it's not really that. It's an underlying bigger thing uh, that is really feeding into that and feeding the fear and the stress and the anxiety about things. And in this case, this morning, it's coming in here to talk about miscarriage. So we have started the um, we have started the couple goals community on Facebook, which is in the show notes if you are interested. And it's it's been really quite I don't know. It's been an interesting process to have access to all of the stories at the beginning it was so amazing reading everybody's like everyone's journey and then over time you realize just like your own experience everyone's journey is so long you know what I mean like when we started that group it's there for support for each other it's you know it's not dependent on whether we're on it every two seconds of the day but we are the facilitators of it and make sure that everybody feels safe and welcome and and everyone treats each other with kindness and respect so we oversee everything which we don't really have an issue with that because it's quite intimate and it's um it works people understand their shared experience they share experiences everybody understands but what I kind of didn't realize which is quite a big process in your own experience is to have that same level of longevity that you have in your own journey times 50? I think it's, it's for me, it's been really um, amazing to watch um, everyone on that community, like you say, um, being so open and honest about their journeys. And to me, it really highlights how important it is that um, – people have an opportunity to connect to other people who are going through similar 
situations in life. Um, and I just think that people are just being so brave in putting themselves out there um, by talking about their journeys. And like you said, it's it's not something that just happens quickly. It's, it's something that um, is going on for months and in a lot of cases years. Yeah, and that's the bit that's been a bit confronting for me mm. because you, you kind of stay really positive with your story in your own bubble and your own cheerleader or cheer squad around you. But then when you are sharing, you know, when I read some of the stories that, you know, this is our sixth round or this, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it doesn't add, scare, it doesn't scare me, but it just, it's just reality of people's lives and it, it helps some ways to get perspective that, you know, you've, you've had this part and you feel like it's so ginormous and then you've got these other people that have been through so much. It just was something, it wasn't good or bad, it was just something I didn't expect mm. to walk away from. Um, I know for, for me this morning I, it really kind of highlighted, you know, how much we've been through on, on our journey so far. Like I look back on it and, you know, there's, like I said, there's people who've been, you know, at this for, for years. We've we've um, just been doing it for just over a year or so or nearly two years. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it just really highlighted to me how long that's been and, and it's very easy for that water to pass under the bridge and then when you reflect on it, you, you sit there and realise how much you've gone through and, and in our case, um, you, you know, that it's made us really stronger and given us a, a much better understanding of each other in a time that was really early in our relationship um, and we decided to take these big leaps early in our relationship and it's really highlighted how much we've learnt about each other. and, and um... Yeah, and to be honest, I still don't think I'll ever be completely content with that that journey. I think I accept it and, and over time I'm sure if we're lucky enough to meet a little person or when I should say, I, um, I'm sure we'll look back and be very grateful for it. But in the process of it, it still seems like a harsh reality. Like it's, yeah. you know, you, you can't help compare to friends or other people that just didn't have to learn those lessons this way so early in their relationship. But it doesn't help to think like that. And that's what I was going to say as well. You know, it's just a really important thing to not compare. But, look, the point of me bringing that up was the the big, I guess, I guess the big emotions and the big path that these journeys um, carry and one of them for many of us is miscarriage. Now a lot of you may have heard me talk about our miscarriage on the Think Girls pod channel. Um, It was very raw. It was the first time I spoke of it um, anywhere and the only time. I think I wrote a few articles obviously about it but um, we're going to share our story about that today. It's felt it feels very emotional still. Um, yeah. Well, it's like we said, it's it's bringing up a lot already. Yeah, and um, and it is a part of the journey, and it's very tricky to be in the process of new trying to create new journeys and to bring that part up. So you'll have to bear with us um, or bear with me because I'm obviously already very emotional mm. talking about it. Um, but it's important because, like I said you know, the kind of segue from my point was that we've all been through so much and that's just such a big part of so many people's journeys that are just so complex and so intertwined in every single next move you do. Like if you haven't had a miscarriage, it really is an impossible feat to separate that experience from every next try you do. And you'll have moments of 
it being completely different and you'll have moments of where you might have got more eggs this time or you might have had a different kind of implant or you might have had a different experience with injections and there'll be all these obvious things that make it so different to the time maybe you had your miscarriage for us it was our first time we ever did IUI Mm. Um, it was our first my first pregnancy ever sorry I've got a bit of a frog in my throat so you have to bear with me but um and I um no water won't get it thanks babe um I I just really um you know tried to separate but at the end of the day it creeps into your heart like it's in your it's your grief and as my energy healer said um you know grief comes up from experience like it comes up again that's why we find sometimes birthdays or Christmas is so hard when we lose someone mm-hmm. grief comes up through experience you can't control when it rises so you know you could be having one day of your in your two-week wait of being really excited and then just completely struck with fear around the fact that even if it does work which is what's happened to me mm-hmm. I've been terrified of of receiving a positive result because then I'm also already scared of losing that and I know the pain that I had. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's such a big part and such a catalyst for so much emotion and feeling that happens after in your journey to come. That, But it's so not... I know we keep saying it's not spoken about and I know that it is more and more, but it really isn't dissected in the way that we want to dissect it today and yeah. the way that I think we need to dissect it because you can talk about your the, the experience you had and you can say, I had a miscarriage and you can come out and say, it was hard, the end. But if you don't talk about the intricacies of that effect every single fucking day afterwards, mm. then you're not giving any of it really the level of power it has because, you know, we just then kind of brush. It's That's the first step. But what about the steps of everything it affects from there yeah, and, right. and how it shifts and changes you as a person and as a couple? Yeah, I think, I think that's a, a key observation there is that the grief – never really goes away. Mm. It, it, it'll, it'll fade over time. And that's, you know, that saying is true, that time heals all wounds. Mm. It, it changes. Yeah, it yeah, evolves. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's key that you make that observation and have that understanding that the grief is always going to be there and that's always going to play into things. So in those times where you're trying again and you're, or you're in your two-week wait and you're really starting to get down and you know, negative and, and, and wondering if this, this time is going to be similar or, or, you know, something bad is going to happen again, that it's important to realize that those experiences of the past are playing into that, you know, um, and they're having an effect and it's, uh, and also though, I, I was encouraged to feel them too. Mm. I think a lot of the time, you know, friends or people that have not experienced it would suggest to me that they're separate and, I would go away and think about that suggestion because I was open to all suggestions, but then I would realise it's not separate because I'm the common denominator. I'm the mother of that child and could be a future mother. Mm. They're not separate experiences to me. I am one person that has experienced both. You can't separate, separate that. Like I'm... The, I was the mother to that little being and I want to be the mother to whatever is coming my way. You don't, you don't get to separate yourself, like, and that's the bit that people don't get. You're the carrier. You're the common denominator, and 
And so you you can't separate a lot of it. So you do need to feel it. And I think it's okay that you accept that even in times other people may have really happy moments or really exciting prospects or this was a really good retrieval or this was, you know, this looks really positive. I feel really great. Uh, Fantastic. But there are elements that you're going to feel in that that are very normal and not all happy because you're scared from things that have happened in the past because the past is the only thing you've experienced. And so much of this journey that we're on is things we are yet to experience. We're all living in a life of the future. Like we're all living in, it's very much like my radio job. Constantly I was just waiting for the future to come. Like I would live in Cairns, miserable for two years doing breakfast radio. I liked the job but hated where I lived. Constantly doing it for the future step, you know. And that's how we all live. And so it's like, you know, the only thing you have experienced and to go on is that grief sometimes and so don't also don't think don't think you shouldn't feel that too it doesn't matter that it's not going to be as positive as someone that hasn't experienced a miscarriage you'll get your positivity when it's time for you to get your positivity you know like so don't stress about that too um as hard as it is i think you need to you know these experiences is um with these experiences is to not wish them away and i know that sounds that can sound a bit crazy because you're going through a time that is, you know, pretty emotionally grueling. But all of these things in life, and we were talking about this this morning, you know, about, you know, it's a little bit cliche, is that it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And it's about what you learn as you go through these experiences. And as hard as grief is, and as hard as losing a baby is, um, you, you need to, you know, stay there with your partner and be there with your partner, talk it through, learn through the process and get yourself ready for that you know next experience and that next attempt and make sure that you still have hope in your heart um but not forget or push away or compartmentalize the the bad stuff that's happened in the past i think also um when i might be not coping that your partner might be actually feeling positive and that's something you've kind of both got to play a little bit because you need to appreciate that just because you're going through a tough time, there might have been a spout, you know, you might have come home from work feeling really positive and I'm in tears and I often find it really hard to get out of that and understand or just at least have empathy for you when sometimes there's a posit like the positive days come few and far between and you've just had one. Uh, you know, it's it's and I think the same thing goes the other way, that you might have had a positive day and that will help your partner but it's also important to bring them up you know and not dive back down into the 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 the, um what's it called the what's where they go to the war and they get into the trench is it the trenches Trenches, yeah Yeah, go back into there which is an issue we've had because we're both quite anxious people i'm much more open and probably a little bit more resolute in my anxiety you aren't you kind of have anxiety but it's really unresolved and not really been not diagnosed but you've never really had kind of a realization that you are anxious or you can be anxious at times i think everybody can be anxious yeah but i just think it's that's true but people don't look at it like that i guess and so when i get anxious sometimes that can trigger you off in the times that i probably need you to not be anxious (laughs) yeah but i don't think that's my anxiety playing in there i am definitely consider myself to be an empath so i 
we'll go into it because I don't agree. I think I think it triggers an anxiety that you haven't quite dealt with. Okay. To be honest, all right, yeah, but this that's... could be this could be for a episode. <laughs> but I do. That's what I was so saying. Look, we're figuring things out along the way. <laughs> I just think, yeah, I think there's something that. So sometimes that's hard because you know you might have had a great day. I've come home and that triggers you instead of then you being able to kind of step up and and try and cheer the situation yeah. up. Or yeah, I get it's that. hard. Yeah. You know, you both yeah. kind of and like you said, there's empathy, but I don't think empathy is necessarily the most helpful thing in that situation. If if, you know, you don't – it's hard. You don't both want to be down together. Mm. So it but kind of helps that you're in different places, but you've got to try and be strong in that too. Yeah, yeah. I don't, and don't uh, – I'm not saying that, uh, like, I have empathy and I do that. Being an empath for me, like, is that as soon as you're feeling a certain emotion, I I get pulled into that. And it's not me empathising for you. It is basically me being, like, some kind of X-Men character who sits next to you and whatever you're feeling, I'm all of a sudden feeling. I've always been like that. My mum's like that and it shits me. Yeah. It absolutely shits me. I'm a a twin for... Yeah, and so is my mum. Actually, I've never thought about this. Yeah, so... And I, even when we were younger, like I would... Oh, my God, right. I would definitely feel things that my brother was feeling um, and sit there and go, why am I feeling this? I, you know, it was a particular time I remember because um, my parents uh, split up when we were quite young, like 13. And um, anyway, when we got a bit older, when we were around 18, um, it was the first time that he and I had been separated for an extended period of time. But he wanted to go and live with my dad in, you know, in Brisbane for a year. Um, and in that time, and I stayed in Sydney. And in that time, there were several occasions where I was feeling. I, I remember once in particular, in particular, I felt really sad, and I had no idea why. Um, and I then I called my. Partner. How old would you have been? I was eighteen. Yeah. yeah. And then I called my brother and spoke to him, and um, yeah, he was really upset. Like he was, he was really lonely. You know, he'd been up there and moved up there on his own, and. Um, he was having a bit of a hard time. And then that's when I realised that, you know, I had that real connection like that. Um, and the same thing happens with other other loved ones, you know, for me. And that's why I'm so, that's what I mean by empath. It's almost like a it's almost like a sucking of emotion that, that comes across and then I sit in there with you. And that, and that's that's something that I've got to you know, that I've got to manage and recognise and go, Oh, okay, this isn't me feeling this, this is what I've just absorbed. Um, but I need to lift myself up and help you through it. Like you said, it's not it's not by sitting there and, and mimicking the emotion that's gonna get help you through it. It's by being the opposite. Yeah, and which, you up, which you is up. something, you know, I've had to deal with that with my mum for years and that's it was really and my mum is such a beautiful quality in so many ways like it's really taught me to be sensitive and own my emotions and all that kind of stuff so there's obviously positives to it but at the same time you know I would have a breakup with a guy when I was like 18 and my mum would be crying and you're like fucking hell like can I cry and can you help me and now I feel like sometimes that's the same thing with us it's like you might come home chipper I'm a bit upset and then you're all of a sudden upset and I'm the one that's pulling you out of that. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I think back to the, the first point is that it is a good thing when you are feeling different things because you can help each other unless you're in a relationship like us and we kind of have to navigate that a little bit differently. But it is, it's... um. It's, it's been tricky. So I guess um, there is an opportunity for many people to have heard the very raw take of our miscarriage. I'll put the, the link, link in, in show notes, notes if yeah. you want to go back and listen to that. So I thought maybe it might be an opportunity for you, Ben, to talk about, um, explain what happened and I'll just chime in. Okay. So, yeah, it was, um, uh, well, first of all, it was a real shock. Um, it was a year ago now. Yeah. Yeah. So around this time last year, um, and we were about to go and have our first scan to hear um, the baby's heartbeat. So we were at seven weeks. Um, seven and a half. Seven and a half weeks, yeah. yeah. And I think at the time for me, I was, you know, I, I had no reason to fear anything. I, I was just thinking, you know, this is the first time. Maybe I was a little naive to the... Uh, to the potential downsides and, the, and and all of the possibilities. Um, and sometimes I tend to do that is have a bit of blind hope and... and, and but I, I, I never thought we would have a miscarriage, mm. you know, it, regardless of the different feelings I was feeling a few days before, which we can go into, but I would never, I too never thought about it. I never mm. thought I would be that number. No, no, no. I just, I, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about it at all. Like we've said before, it was like a miraculous, you know... Um, uh, conception. It was, it was, um, you know, it was almost like it was a divine thing that we conceived on the first attempt. So I was still bathing in that, even at seven and a half weeks and having that first scan. I was thinking, this is great. We're going to go and get to see our, you know, hear our baby's heartbeat. Amazing. Yeah. And, and quick timeline on that. November, we went to the first fertility appointment. Um, I lost my job. So things were pretty kind of tumultuous with my life for a bit, a few months. And then we tried in March. Um, our very first attempt ever, Ben doesn't ejaculate. So there is has been absolutely no other possibility for us to fall pregnant. Yeah. You can go back and listen to earlier episodes if you want some um, background on that. And so then we had our first IUI, absolutely no hormones, completely, mm. um, hormo- you know, injection free, uh, just giving it a go, absolutely no expectation. And we, yeah, we were lucky enough to get a very strong positive result early on, like yeah. really early on, 10 days, DPO I tested and it was like two strong lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, and insemination was a like a magical time, like our doctor brilliant. and the, the nurses. And the- we were seeing Dr. Andreatis um, in Newtown in yeah. Sydney. Uh, we yeah. were with Janaya. Um, the nurses were brilliant. And, yeah. you know, we just, you're right, we had this incredible experience. Yeah, yeah. We were so naive to it too. Mm, mm. Like I'd never been through anything like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So that, and that was, you know, so that, that was the experience leading up to that seven and a half week, um, scan. Um, so I had no reason to, to feel, um, uh, worried 
a little mm. nervous. And not only that, we had really strong HCG results and, you know, we were learning what they all meant. But every time a nurse would call me and give me a result of the blood tests, it was, you know, was wow, Stacey, this is super positive, you know, like, so you're right, like leaning in, there was absolutely no reason for us no. to think that there was anything wrong. Nor did I know a miscarriage came from no heartbeat. So that's, yeah. you know, we'll get to that. But it, it, you don't know a lot. Mm. So I just thought, yeah, I just thought we were going to have that scan and we were going to hear our baby's heartbeat. Step one, here we go. First time to see our baby from the outside world. Um, and Do you remember how I was? Uh, you, you were quite nervous, yeah. Um, Do you remember why I was nervous? Uh, not completely, no. You have a pretty shocking memory. Yeah. <laughs> um, I stopped feeling symptoms. Ah, uh, that's right, yeah. Like, my boobs stopped being sore. I didn't feel yeah. nauseous. I felt very different. I and had it was like the day before, wasn't it? Well, I had a panic attack the day before for no reason. Yeah. I was on the way home from Sunrise. I did my um, weekly segment there. It was in a cab. Telstra had an outage. Mm. I tried to call you, everyone, couldn't call anyone, and lost my breath in the cab. Yeah. Absolutely no idea why. Yeah. So by this point, you're waking up feeling how you are, and I'm waking up feeling how I am. Yeah, yeah. In two very different places. Yep. yep. Um, so yeah, um, so we were sitting in the in the waiting room, and I do remember that. I do remember you being yeah very very nervous and very kind of um, sort of short and just um, yeah very negative. Um, and then we went into the screening room. And yeah, there was a lot of anxiety there, but I, I still had that hope, you know. And I think I, I think I'm, I think I'm, a little bit like that. I was someone at work who's the leader of the organisation I work for, um, has this phrase, and he says he's hardwired for hope. And I think I've got something quite similar. So, but yeah. half your luck. Like I think that's the important thing to really remember in this. And I'm going to chime in because it's, it's, it's two experiences. But half mm. your luck that you get hope. Unfortunately for us. And that when I say us, I mean women, hmm. we feel different. You know, it's like I'm not being negative because I'm not a hopeful person. And that's the bit, this is the bit that was really shitty hmm. here because it was like I wasn't being negative because I all of a sudden was just hoping, like lost my hope. No. My body felt different. I, I couldn't deny no, that. No, no. But I had no way, and I didn't want to feel negative. No. I wanted to be hopeful like you. Yeah. But your body didn't change. Yeah. You no. know, you didn't have a dildo camera stuck up you. Like, you know, it's so different. And it's not your fault. Like, I know I sound like I'm being mad, but mm. it's interesting when you say it like that. Like, I'm a really hopeful person. It's like, yeah, so am I. Yeah. <laughs> but I had a whole lot of other things to deal with. Yeah, yeah. You I know? think it's important to say that I'm not... Uh, having a go at you by saying that. No, of course you're not. And I'm not alluding that you are, but I also think it's as equally as important to say we, as women, we are also hopeful. Like, you know, sometimes it's very easy to be like, well, I was quite hopeful you'd lost a bit of hope. It's like, yeah, too right I did because I, my body felt so different. Yeah. So it wasn't, it's an experience, you react to an experience. You don't just automatically turn hope off because you've got less hope than someone else yeah. is what I was just trying to say. Yeah. No, no, I understand. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we were in that screening room. We were having the scan and um, uh, very nervous. And even, uh, I think you knew it straight away. There was there was no flicker. There was no set, like this was a pretty solid setup there, so you should be able to hear and see everything um, at once. Um, there was no sound. I, I didn't really know what I was looking for, but I knew I was 
you know, uh, visually, but I knew I was looking for a sound of a heartbeat. And I think as well, we both work in audio. So there's the wave bit at the bottom where it's supposed to move. And unfortunately for us, we're very familiar with dead air and how bad that is in our jobs. Um, And we could see that, that there was no movement on that audio line, but also it was like this. So we could hear that there was an option for there to be something. You know, it wasn't like, it was like, you we couldn't we knew that there was a capacity to hear something because you could hear that kind of background white noise but there was nothing there it wasn't like the sound was broken or you know what i mean like where it's like you can't hear that background you know what i mean so it was very obvious that it that the machine and we were all, the woman that was scanning was trying to pick up some sound so it was awful like that sound is just awful yeah the sound of silence, yeah. But but silence with, with a, a fuzzy, yeah, 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 with a hiss there because you, you, otherwise if it was just stone silent, you'd be like, oh, shit, the machine's not working or something. Mm. But it was so clear that it was working but yeah. there was nothing to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, and then so I, I didn't really I didn't really know what was happening there. Um I knew there was no sound, but I think I still had this, maybe it was naivety, I, I don't know, but I still had that kind of, okay, um, well, we're not hearing it here. Um, uh, perhaps there's something, you know, in the in the development side of things that we're not quite there yet. And that's what the the the, uh, the doctor said afterwards or the, 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 um, the, or the doctor at the clinic who don't have your file, so they don't know everything. They do have the file. They okay. just, she just didn't read it. Okay, so, yeah, I, I still thought, you know, that there was still some possibility that, you know, maybe it was just not quite fully developed yet and that we weren't quite there because, as she said, you know, it could be a little bit early to hear the heartbeat. Um, and I think I took that and, and sort of and believed that a little bit, you know, um, and that we could come back next week and potentially hear that. But I, I know that, you know, looking at you, you were um, you were resolute. You knew what was going on ex- exactly and that um, this wasn't a good sign. Well, because she didn't, I, I needed to point that out that she did have the file and didn't look at it because if she looked at it, she would have realised we didn't conceive naturally and her argument was that our dates could be out, therefore it could be too early to detect a heartbeat. I knew our dates weren't out because we had a fucking IUI. So it was like just the scan lady has uncomfortably walked out and said there is no heartbeat. She didn't ask us if we wanted a doctor. She said, you'll have to come back in 10 days. I demanded a doctor. Yeah. The doctor didn't look at the file, which would have said we were an IUI patient, and then proceeded to give us advice and statistics on a situation that did not affect us, yeah. that, that we weren't. So that's why I knew. I was furious that this woman was giving you hope on something that I knew was impossible. And also, on top of that, I knew how I felt and I couldn't deny it. Like, I couldn't. And I, it was awful because we walked out of there and you had all this hope that we were coming back in 10 days. The woman actually said there's a 50% chance that we will hear a heartbeat in 10 days. And I was so furious Mm. because it fucked with my brain. And I remember speaking to um, our fertility specialist a few days or, you know, the next day after and... And she was like, Stace, your gut's right. Not only your gut, but your brain. She's like, 
there's no, you know, you have to, if the woman said to do the scan again, we're going to have to go and do it again because that's her, that's her, I can't go over her word. I'm not going to do that. She said, but it makes complete sense for you to be, and I remember we were having, um, we went and had some tappers in Bondi and just kind of chilled out and just needed a bit of a walk. And, and I remember talking to her and my doctor, she called, or our doctor, and yeah, she said, no, no, no you know, everything you feel is very accurate. She mustn't have looked at the file and there's, you know, there's not a 50% chance, let's just say that much. So then she put us through waiting, Yeah. you know, like we had to then wait and we were two people, even if I told you my stance, the doctor told you her stance, our doctor, that woman still put in hope in in your mind. Like you were still hopeful right up until that second scan. Well, that's what I felt anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely I was. And, you know, I think that's, you know, something that I is like in me is to always look for the hope. And when someone offers it, I take it, you know. Well, that was, and of course, like I, I think that was the right thing to do mm. in that situation. But I was just so annoyed that she separated us yeah. so much because yeah. the day after I went away, I think, and so we were separate for about five days, which was good for us considering how different pages we were on at that point. But I'll I'll never you know I'll never really get over the fact that that she put us on separate pages unnecessarily. Yeah. You know, like I I really do feel like that was a time where we were quite um, distant. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't. It, it, yeah, it wasn't. It did drive a bit of a wedge. A little us, bit. Yeah. It was like this weird kind of you're over there and I'm over here on a situation that is both of ours. It's yeah. just strange. Yeah, so then after after that happened, you know, we just had to sit there and wait to have a miscarriage and that was just horrific. Like, you know, you've just got to sit there and wait for it to happen and after a couple of weeks it didn't happen. I think uh, it was almost a month. Yeah, almost a month. So I was walking around yeah. with a non-viable pregnancy yeah, yeah, yeah. hoping that we would, you know, we would miscarry, miscarry naturally. naturally yeah. yeah, but that didn't happen so we had to have the DNC yeah. and then, um, you know, for you, a person who's doesn't like hospitals, doesn't like those kind of procedures. Um, that was a pretty tough thing to go through as well. It was also, you know, I tried to do the natural approach. I've always tried to do the natural approach. And, you know, through this process, I've really realised and found a better balance. You know, like, I don't know, I think I knew in my gut that that bubby wasn't coming out mm. by itself. I, I think it wanted to stay. And it grew to seven and a half weeks when we had the eight and a half or almost nine week scan by that point. It had stopped growing at about eight weeks, um, which is weird that it grew without a heartbeat, you know, but it was all trippy and that fucks with your head too. You're like, ah, oh God, was it still trying? Like, you know, you think all these different things. But um, I, I think I, sh- I, I, I learned so much through this experience because I knew I wasn't pregnant anymore. We weren't. I knew I should have got the DNC early. I didn't, you know, we ended up getting it anyway. We ended up not being pregnant there was just so much that I learned about myself and my own gut, you know, that will forever be the greatest gift of that experience because I've carried that through every single day of my life since. Um, but it was it meant that we ended up miscarrying just before 12 weeks and I said to you, I'm not going into a second trimester. Like I want that part when we do fall pregnant to be a different experience. Like I don't want this to be the first time. So the hospital's great. Like you could call up the day of and they kept, you know, put you in within kind of a couple of days. So that's what we did. Yeah. And that process was okay. You know, by that point, I think 
we had grieved a lot and it still came up like and it still yeah. comes up but it was the actual procedure was okay everything went really well and yeah yeah you know and that's when we decided to take a bit of a break after that big um, break big break and that's when we ended up you know sort of shifting gears and we went overseas and ended up eloping because <laughs> <laughs> we were like okay let's do something different you know for a little while but you know and that wasn't it wasn't like, oh, okay, we'll go on a lope because this happened. Let's get some positivity. It was just a decision we ended up making. But We kind of were making that in the process too. Yeah, yeah. But we needed a holiday. Yeah. And it was intense. We still were quite yeah. in grief and, yeah. and you know, and a lot – and the people, the crew we went with were also going through a bit of a tough time. Yeah. So it was a bit of an intense trip. But yeah. um, it was also really fun and we yeah, let our hair down and yeah. we – got to stop thinking about stuff for a bit and I was about to say that, yeah. Yeah, and we um and we had probably yeah, the most magical day I've ever had, you know. Yeah. That one day of just the two of us just being floriking floriking? <laughs> What's the word? Uh frolicking 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 around New York City yeah. after being married in City Hall. You know, it was yeah. just Epic, and I, I didn't think about that experience at all, you know. No, it, was, no. it, was, it was just nice. So we didn't come back and try until November, and that all happened in June, yeah. almost a year ago, exactly, May, June. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been almost six months yeah. by the time we ended up Try coming again. back and trying again. Yeah. 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 Why do you think that happened, just quickly before we wrap up? Why did we wait so long, do you think? I just think we needed a break. We were early in our relationship. And yeah. we wanted to take some of the pressure off, I think, for a little while and just enjoy each other's company and enjoy being in love and, and being a new couple. And I was a pretty broken person, <laughs> i got to say. I was a bit depressed last year. Yeah. You know, I lost a lot of my identity. Yeah. I, you know, the Thinker Girls was really subtly wrapping up behind the scenes. You know, it's been a long process for that to wrap up, even though we officially announced that kind of towards the end of last year mm. and then this year. It was really kind of slowly winding down at that time. So it was like I was also saying goodbye to a different baby of my own. So it was just, it was a hectic time. And that's the bit that people don't understand about miscarriage. The rest of your life doesn't stop, does it? You know, you've got all these other things that you're also dealing with in amongst this ginormous period of grief. Yeah, yeah. It was an interesting time of life. A Mm. lot to learn and a lot to get through. Um, um, yeah. yeah, we were definitely the stronger for it. What do you think has been your biggest lesson from that experience? Um, I think it's just shown me again, and I've said this before, the power of communication and staying together and coming together rather than, you know, going off and doing your own thing and grieving in your own way. You've got to stick together. You've got to communicate. You've got to tell each other how you're feeling, what's going on, um, and keep talking and not resent the other for what they're going through. Um, understand that you're both going to grieve in different ways but you need to talk about it and come together in that grief i agree and i think also trying to make love or at least kind of connect in that real couple way too um where you can is important but your body feels very weird and i know it took me a while to kind of really figure myself out for me as i mentioned it was just how incredibly powerful my relationship with myself became you know there's and I imagine this will be what it will be like to be a mum but I and I've heard that from people but I just will never ever question myself again the same way when I know something I know something and I'm just not denying it like and it just really honed that in and really made me make some big decisions after that about what was right for me what was making me feel 
good and things I got rid of things in my life that were creating stress and anxiety and it was just became really simple that I became very focused on wanting this baby and that some parts of my life had to change and that's really hard too for me to go I'm not going to be able to make this happen and I'm not saying the miscarriage was my fault or anyone's fault but at the same time it made me very sure of what I wanted and we want a baby and I went unfortunately there's going to be some things that I'm going to have to sacrifice also to get there to make sure that every day I'm feeling as anxiety free and as as kind of calm as I possibly can and that was kind of friendships and obviously almost a business you know there was just so much stuff that I got rid of to start fresh and that's that's hard but it it really gave me the courage to make some steps in areas of my life that I don't think I would have had if I hadn't have had that really refined view of how important trusting my gut was because I was bang on every time with something so big like a life or death situation I was correct about it and I just just really honed in how powerful that is and and to use it every day yeah sometimes the universe teaches you the hard way though it was the greatest gift you know but it was the biggest loss I've had so it was just a very bizarre thing but we see you uh, you're not alone. If you've experienced this, you know, if, if you want to share your story in the Couple Goals community, we encourage you to do so. Yeah, come find um, us on Facebook. Yeah, and the, that link is in our show notes. And um, we'll be back very soon with another episode. We're sorry it's been a few in between. We've had the flu. We've yeah. been interstate. We've, you know, kind of been everywhere and avoiding this topic, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah. Not an we'll, easy one. No, it's not, but it's done now. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> We've had a few interruptions along the way, a few arguments. Our owner is coming in for an inspection. He came early. We told him to piss off. So now we need to um, wrap this up and get that inspection done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Life, right? Life, it, life, it happens. Ben it doesn't happens. like pushing things to the edge. The owner's coming in one minute and he's now you've gone mute. Yeah, because I, like just... to, I like to be planned. I like to plan things. You like to push things to the way. <laughs> And just live free and frivolous. <laughs> um, if you if you're enjoying this episode, make sure you rate it and review it on iTunes. It helps other people like yourself find us. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bijou Podcasts, the home of taboo conversations. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.